Hi, and welcome to the Empowered Agency Podcast. I'm your host, Kate All. This is season three, episode four. I have grown my agency over the last eight years to serve hundreds of clients and a team of over 40. I definitely know what it's like to straddle both product and an agency side as well. So through this podcast, I like to share my stories so that you can gain a little bit of wisdom and even learn from some of the failures I've had along the way. My goal is to help you multiply yourself and grow your agency so that you can reach your goals, both personal and professional. I really believe there are agencies that come in all different shapes and sizes and serve all different types of audiences. Yours can be unique and successful just like you. So in season three, we're diving into all the stuff that no one really talks about as it pertains to running an agency, burnout, systems and processes, the types of agencies. I got great feedback from that last episode about boutique agencies versus plug and play. So we're having just conversations around the nuances of being an agency owner and what that is like. I would also love if you would sign up for my email list so I can talk with you even more about how I want to serve you over the next few months and even over the next couple of years. So go to kateall.com slash subscribe to get on that list. Okay, today our topic is what to do before launching a new service. Now, I will tell you that in the last eight years, I have many, many times wanted to do new services and my team has wanted to do new services. And the first thing I've had to examine, and maybe it's not always the first thing because sometimes I'll think of it a little bit later, but it's why do I want to launch a new service? Am I bored or am I just looking for some kind of excitement? Are people telling me they don't like my current service? Is there a gap in the market? Why do I want to launch something new? And so I would say before you launch a new service, that is probably the number one question you need to ask yourself. Why do I want to launch something new? And the second is, have people asked for it? So this is also really important. I heard somebody say once, and I can't remember who it was, but they said they heard from somebody else that you should wait until somebody asks you for something at least three times before you even consider launching into a new service. And so for us, there's two different types of services we've added. We've added a few others, but there's two in specific that I'm thinking about that kind of um, share really good examples of both of those questions. The first is our Pinterest ads service. Now, we did not have a Pinterest ad service for a long time, actually until 2018. And the biggest reason for that was because Pinterest ads were so new. I really think they started opening up in 2015, right after they changed their algorithm to the smart feed. And then they were really clunky. They're really confusing. Nobody really understood how to use them. So I didn't want to lean into having the service, but not really be well-versed in how they actually worked, right? So we kept getting asked, probably definitely more than three times, hey, are you guys doing promoted pins? I would love to have you work on this for me. And that's an important um, thing to hear from clients because we want to know that there's a need or that there's a want or even a desire, right? So we actually spent a full year doing research and education around Pinterest ads and around management as well. What would it look like to manage for a client? 
What are success metrics that we're going to look for? And how are we going to evaluate if this is successful for us or not? And then once we launched it in 2018, it's been a great success ever since. But it has grown differently than our organic services that we do with Pinterest. So that being said, we kept hearing over and over and over, and we decided, yeah, let's do this. Now, I want to take a little bit of a sidestep too and say, I also heard from a lot of people many, many times, can you please manage my Instagram account? And that probably happened. I would say it doesn't happen as much now because there's more people who do management for that. But in the first couple of years of my business, even the first four years, that question was asked at least twice a month by our clients. And that was a hard no for me. And so you also need to know that just because people ask you for a service doesn't mean you have to do it. And I am not a type of person who wants to dive into Instagram management as well as Pinterest management. And so I actually came up with a plan of who I could refer people to. And so we started just sending people other people's way and it worked out really well. So there's two things you need to think about with that question, especially if you're getting a lot from clients. Do you want to do it? Do you want to go down the road of learning how to do it? Is it something that you feel would be profitable and helpful to you? If not, don't do it. If yes, do it. Now, the other example of starting a new service because you think people want it, or maybe you're a little bored and you need something new. I see all you Enneagram sevens out there. You got to have some fun, right? Well, we did this with our video image service. Like we were creating Pinterest videos for our clients, right? I think one person had asked us for it and we had somebody on our team who was really excited to do it. And so we we did some exploration of how to do it. And it was really, you know, they're on, on Pinterest with their marketing, they were like standard pins and they opened up to video pins and now they have idea pins. So this video pin exploration was really this new thing and we wanted to get out ahead of the curve. We wanted to have this service for it. Crit kits. We did it and hardly anybody bought it. And we kept it on our website for a year and a half. And you know what? I think we probably did two, maybe three service packages for clients. And at the end of that year and a half, I was like, why do we even have this? I'm, I'm looking at the tracking. I'm looking at the data. It keeps saying zero dollars, zero dollars. Why are we even taking up space with that on our website? Let's just get rid of it. And that also happened with our analytics service. We offered this analytics report from our team because we thought people would want it. We thought it would be this really good entry point, maybe for people to explore using our services. There was one person, actually, there was a couple of people who did it. We had it up for about two years, but it didn't really fall in line with people asking us a lot about it. It was something we just thought, well, maybe people would love this. They didn't, right? So those are your first two questions. Have people asked for it? And why do you want to do it if nobody's asking you for it? Okay, so then after that part, if you if you decide, yes, people have asked me for it. No, I'm not bored and just looking for more things to do. I really think this is going to fulfill a gap in the market and people are looking for it. Then you want to follow these steps. One, you need to really think about all the details of what will be included for this service. You need to create 
essentially a full roadmap from beginning to, well, if it's an ongoing service, don't think of end besides when you offboard people, which you should always have an offboarding process. I actually think offboarding processes are some of the most important in your business. They make the biggest impact when people leave. But you need to really look at what are the deliverables that are needed in this service? What is this going to require? Nitty gritty. I mean, I'm talking, think about your time. Think about your emails. Think about your tools. Think about it all, right? And I think a lot of people don't do that because they just see high level of what it will be, especially CEOs of companies. We're big visionaries. But you need to get to the granular pieces because that's how you're going to analyze your cost and your time, right? You also want to think, is this consumer of this service the same as maybe my pillar service offering or is it different, right? Are you serving a different a different type of consumer? And if you are, you have to think about the marketing that goes along with that different type of consumer. It's why there's this trap, right, with agency owners wanting to go down the path of courses and memberships and small products, right? Same thing. When you sidestep over there, you have to think about who you're serving and what it requires of you. I really think you should apply the same litmus test or, um, yeah, the same litmus test of what is needed from me. Who is this person and why are they going to want this? Right. And these are checkpoints that you're essentially putting in your path, I would say, to discourage you from starting something new that's going to distract you from your main offer. Right. Because your main offering and how you serve people is really your bread and butter. Right. It's kind of like if you're getting 90% of your income through this and then you sidestep into a new service. That's going to pull your time and pull your energy and then pull some of income off of this top 90%. Now, I'm a big fan of balancing out all your numbers. I I do like having a little bit of a well-rounded, I guess, P&L, right? To see, I want want some, I don't want all my eggs in a basket, right? But it's important to note that one thing is always going to dominate and that is okay. That's just fine. So now that you've thought about who the main consumer is for this service, the next thing you really want to think about is how much time will this cost you? Think through every single deliverable and assign a time. This is going to take me 15 minutes. This is going to take me one hour. If you have a team member who is going to work on that with me, how much of their time is it going to take? Can we deliver this for the client without a lot of friction? So make a chart and assign all the time to it. We just did this with one of our, we did a new service offering recently, a new way that clients are going to be able to work with us. We listed steps one through eight. We listed every single person that would be involved in that. We listed how many hours it would be, the cost of that person and how much time it would be so that we could actually get a rough cost of what this service would cost us. And then you double the amount and you add tax, which is about 20%. And the reason you do this is because that doubling of that amount, one, gives you a little bit of contingency if something takes a little bit longer 
It also gives you the ability to reinvest in some marketing for this particular product or reinvest in other things in your company or a team to help support it. So I'm going to say that again. Analyze your time, analyze your team's time for all these deliverables and how much it will cost you. Double and add tax. There you go. After that, then you need to investigate how you will get um, people to understand it, right? So sometimes what happens in our agencies is we kind of speak our this own language and we're like, we're going to do this, 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 and this. Now you have to take that step one through eight and you have to put it forward facing and go, here's my one through eight deliverables. How are people going to understand what those things are? So when the team came to me with their one through eight, I looked at it from the perspective of a potential client. And I said, I don't understand this wording. I don't understand what this is. What is this? Make it plain English. I want to know what I'm going to get. Because when you get that person into a discovery call, they're going to start asking questions for clarification. And if what you are presenting in your new service that you are so excited about and tons of people have asked you for, if they don't get it, there won't be this really good translation into understanding what their pain, you know, like they won't feel that you understand their pain point by the deliverables that are in there. But if they see in what's in that package, all the things that they're really struggling with, they're going to go, yeah, I need that, right? So you want to poke holes in things. So what questions are gonna, they going to ask? What doesn't make sense? So I got on the call with my discovery call team to practice run through this new package. And as they went through everything, I said, okay, stop. I don't understand this. Tell me more about this. Okay, stop here. I don't understand this. Tell me more about this. Or I would say, let's refine this language. And they were able to say to me, yeah, there's sometimes that people do ask this and here's really what they're looking for. And I'm like, okay, that's awesome. Let's just tighten up the language just a little bit. And so then from there, we got through this whole explainer of the process, explainer of the service to new people, getting them through the discovery call. And then from there, it takes over this roadmap of onboarding. Because what you did before is you analyzed all the deliverables and how much time it would cost you. So go back to that, go through that onboarding and think about all the things you'll need from the client. Now, this gets more into more details we'll talk about in a future episode, which is like onboarding and systems and processes and all of those things. But I want to map that out for you because I really want you to see that before you go into this process of really launching something new, interrogate the why. Why is it you want to do this? Because you've seen somebody else do it or you have heard about it from your clients. I have done this, so I'm going to speak from my failure in this. One of the greatest traps for me in my business, and I don't struggle with it as much anymore, has been taking my eyes off my own page. It has been looking to other people to see what it is they are doing so that I can determine whether or not that's right or wrong. Because I do get caught up in two things. I know this is the things that I struggle with. I care a lot about what people think of me, and I want to get it right. And when you put those two things together, the difficulty is, is that you move from focusing on your client to moving to focus on other people's success. 
I've said in the past that one of my favorite quotes is stop chasing other people's success because I have done that. And when I have done that, when I've started a new package or service, or when I've created a new product, I'm doing it sometimes because I see other people doing it. And one of the most successful paths we have ever taken in the business is to put blinders on, especially mine, and go, what do people need right now? What is the gap in the market? What are they saying to us? And we did that this year, actually, by adding in workshops that we were teaching to our DIY students. And these are public. Anybody can buy these. And we started them because we kept hearing all of these things about how people wanted bite-sized pieces of learning, right? And this can be translated into a service offering too as well, not just a product. So we kept hearing about it and we thought, okay, let's teach a very concentrated, jam-packed hour and a half class and see what people think. And we've done three this year and they have been so successful. The feedback we've gotten from them and at every turn, at the end of those workshops, we say, what do you want next? Because I can guess in my mind what I think it would be, but I'm not the person who's sitting in the, shoe, sitting in the seat of the person who is struggling with their business, who is overwhelmed with all the information out there and just really wants quick, the quickest path to implementation. And so that's what you have to be thinking about is get out of your own brain and really get into the brains of the people that you're serving. What do they need? And if at the end of the day, they don't need another service from you, they need you to get even better at the current service that you have, do that. There is nothing wrong, nothing, nothing, nothing wrong with having one service. It's a beautiful thing, actually. We derail ourselves because we just get bored, right? But you know what? People aren't bored coming into your business. They're actually really excited about this one service that you offer because they know you're really good at it and they know you've done it for years and you know they know you have it mastered. So think about that. I can't stress it enough. Critically analyze for yourself whether or not adding a new service to your plate is a good idea because it opens a new revenue stream that you believe and you've been asked for that will be successful or double down on the one you got. So that's it for today. I have an ask. So I'm a podcast listener. I love listening to podcasts. And I also know when I have been impacted by a podcast, I share it with a friend. So if you know another service provider or agency owner who really needs to hear this because maybe they're about to launch one more service and they've already launched like five others and you're like, I don't know how to tell them to slow down go ahead and send this to them on the share button in whatever app that you use. I would love to have them listen and be inspired to grow my true mission. I say that this podcast really is a passion project for me because I want to help agency owners really feel comfortable in their own skin, know that it's okay to be a service provider and not have to do anything else, but also know that you can do a lot of different things being an agency owner and write your own story in that way. So thanks so much for listening to this podcast. And I am excited to continue to chat with you in season three about all the things and all the nuances about what it means to be an agency owner. 